shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Yes, for the samples, because seasonal allergies are no joke in the state of Tennessee. Or Kentucky, where I spend the summers at Hopetown. I spend most of the summer outdoors and could not function without allergy relief. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. You just described my exact state in waking up minus the need for coffee. (laughs) I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can be outside with the kids at camp without my eyes watering like a fountain, and I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. But at Hopetown, a frog could jump into your boat or your bed, (laughs) and Claritin can't really help with that. That's true, but they've got allergies covered. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we are so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. Lisa Whittle is the author of nine books and several Bible studies, including Jesus Over Everything and The Hard Good. She is a sought-out Bible teacher for her wit and bold bottom-line approach. She is the founder of two online communities— Ministry Strong for Ministry Leaders and Called Creatives for Writers and Speakers, and host of the popular Jesus Over Everything podcast. She's a wife, mom, lover of laughter, good food, and the Bible, and a self-professed feisty work in progress. You have written multiple books. How many books at this point? This one is my ninth. Wow. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, It's incredible. It is incredible. And you are the host of several podcasts, the founder of Ministry Strong and co-founder of Called Creatives. Mm -hmm. First of all, how in the world do you do all that? (laughs) And secondly, what would you say you're enjoying the most in your work right now? Mm. Um, I have really worked towards building a great team. Um, I spent the first part of my work life, my ministry life, doing everything solo and kind of liking that. I'm a lone ranger. I would always say that. I'm a lone ranger. There was a lot of fear in that, uh, fear of collaboration, fear of being hurt. Also, I am an independent. I am an introvert. I work well with myself. I'm self-motivated. So I, I know that about myself. But I also know that there was, you know, 
somewhat of this superwoman cape in that whole thing that was unhealthy for me. So I've worked towards building a great team and that has allowed me to be able to do so much. Listen, then through the years, it's been like, let me just do more. I'm the person that you you know, put more backpacks on me. I got this, you know, and then until all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's a lot of back. That's heavy back there, you know? So I've been through all the stages because when you're not young, you're like, oh, I've been through that stage. And then that (laughs) one, that one with all your work, right? right? So I think the reason why I can do a lot of those things is because I have worked towards building a great team, recognizing where I'm weak, recognizing what I need. I even went through the stage of, you know, hiring what I thought I needed and then realizing, oh, that that's not good for me either. Mm. Um, and I've I've had to realize that. And so what do I love the most? I think what is the most enjoyable to me at this juncture is mentorship mm. and like pouring into coaching. So kind of all of this wisdom that I've gathered or even mistake wisdom, I guess you would right. say, learning the hard way, being able to to pour in and consult. Also, part of that is making room for people. I wished, there are things that I wish along the way. I think I wish that women had made more room for me uh, in spaces, uh, been more gracious, and some really were. And so I think I've taken the good and, and the places that women made room for me, encouraged me, spurred me on, and then the places where maybe there wasn't room for me. And I've said, how can I make room for some younger women coming up and mm. encourage them more? And that's that brings me a lot of joy. Mm. Yeah. I can't even imagine what a gift you are to them. I just oh. who you are already being in the same space with you. I feel like you probably have such a championing people heart and kick them in the butt. And, well, that's great too. Kind I mean, of. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I mean, really coming alongside of them. But yes, I mean, we talk yeah. often about how even being therapists that you have to have a combination of really warm and yeah. and engaging and supportive and empathetic and challenging that you can kick people in the butt when you This need is to. why I like the two of you because therapists are some of my favorite people. Oh, that's I mean, awesome. honestly though, um yeah. I love yeah, therapists. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we'd love to hear you're d- making a difference in a lot of spaces including your family. And you mentioned your daughter and your son. We'd love to hear a little bit more about your family. And how do you balance all the different things that you have going on? Well, so my husband and I have been married for 28 years. And then my kids, so I have a one that's married. He's 25. Then I have two in college, 22 and 20. You know, they don't, they don't need me the same anymore. We're in consultant role. And... So I don't, I don't sort of, where I am right now is not where I was. Mm. And it's been interesting because really where I was, was very much the kind of cooked dinner every night, you know, very much the mom who made all the appointments. I actually then mowed my daughter today to order her own contacts and that's progress. (laughs) (laughs) That's progress Uh, because even I think six months ago, I was still ordering her own contacts, you know, ordering her contacts at school. Um, 
I'm, I've always been real hands-on as a mom, but I've always wanted to still do what I do too. And so I think for me, it has been this very important um, balance, but also uh, that word is so nebulous. What does it even mean? For me, it has been purposeful to say, I want my kids to see me doing things I love, but I also want them to know I love them so much that they're very, very prioritized in my mind. Uh, I was actually just uh, with my co-founder of Call Creatives, and we were looking at May of next year, something we wanted to do. I said, you know, we're going to need to avoid that first weekend in May because that could potentially be when I need to be there for my daughter to move her out of school or whatever. Mm. So I'm still thinking in these same terms, sure. right? Yes. And I, I think I think it's on a scale. Actually, I was talking with my friend Jamie, who we we do a podcast together for, which Susie, you've been on yeah. uh, called Launch for Parenting. And I think I could be wrong. I'm with therapists, so maybe they could tell me differently. But for me, I've looked at sort of the need with parenting as a scale. And for mm-hmm. I think that where they needed me was on this very high scale. Now that's the scale is a little bit lower, but they they still need me around. It's just different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I love that y'all have that podcast and that Thank it's you. what it's about because Thank it's too. just so important to talk about. So we love that you've said this. You talk about being a self-proclaimed feisty work in progress. I love that. (laughs) And in this age of pressure and perfectionism, what helps you give yourself grace in that statement rather than shame? Oh, man, you know, I think it's been a lot of years of therapy probably, Mm -hmm. um, but also just... It's been a lot of years of accepting myself as feisty. You know, growing up, I I grew up in a a certain denomination in my faith that my personality was a lot as a woman in that space. And so I think feisty was not something that I necessarily loved Mm. as a younger girl because I didn't quite understand it. My mom wasn't like that. She was very soft and very um, just just wonderful. She was just warm and, and just, it was hard to be someone that had a lot of passion in, in that little girl body and not understand what to do with it. And so I think for me, it has been the embracing of that through the years and if I'm going to be completely honest, I think the work in progress part and maybe even the feisty part is maybe a little disclaimer as I walk into a room. Like, I need you to understand that I I am a work in progress. I am feisty, which might mean there there is no telling what could come out of my mouth at any given moment. <laughs> I don't use it as an excuse because I am very aware at this point in my life mm. that I need to own, I need to own what comes out of my mouth. But I also feel like people need someone to go first in saying that. Mm. It is exactly who I am. It's not a shtick. It's not a bumper sticker statement. It is really who I am. And so um, I feel like it's kind of what the Lord has called me to 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 be even as a Bible teacher and as a as a leader. It is 
it is me. And I'm grateful that he allows me to be in myself in this space mm. because it has given a lot of other women freedom in that as well. Yes. But it it is potentially a little bit of a disclaimer when I walk in. Are you an Enneagram person? Sure. What number are you? I'm an eight. You are. <laughs> you know, when you were saying that, I was I was wondering and thinking about this girl that was here in counseling years ago. Mm-hmm. And ha- she was having a really hard time figuring yeah. out how to direct her passion, where to direct her passion. And I'll never forget her dad saying, she has this beautiful sense of fight in her. Mm-hmm. We've got to help her find her way to the right kind of fight. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yes. And that's exactly what you're doing with your life. Yeah. You are directing it in those ways. So yeah. just really grateful for that. Thank you. Yeah. David, obviously we don't counsel babies in our office, but I've talked to many moms here that are juggling life with older kids while still trying to get their littlest ones to sleep at night. Me too. And I remember those days myself. I sure wish I'd had Dreamland Baby weighted sleep sacks when my twins were little. Getting two babies to sleep was exhausting. I bet. Dreamland Baby helps the whole family sleep better because when baby sleeps, everyone can sleep. Their sleep sacks are super easy to use with a two-way zipper for fuss-free diaper changes. It's super soft, quality material holds up well wash after wash. The most unique feature of weighted Dreamland Baby Sleep Sack is their CoverCom technology, which is exclusive to Dreamland Baby products. It provides evenly distributed weight from shoulders to toes. Sissy, I'm feeling sleepy just thinking about how comfortable (laughs) and snugly they are. Go to dreamlandbabyco.com and enter our code RBG at checkout to receive 20% off site-wide and free shipping. This offer is for new and existing customers. That's dreamlandbabyco.com and code RBG. Sissy, I cannot believe how fast Henry and Witt are growing up. Don't remind me. I am loving every season of being their aunt, but the years feel like they are flying by. Henry is growing like a weed, and he starts his last year preschool soon. Actually, the other day we were talking about his get ready for school routine, and he wanted to make sure we had his high of vitamins on the list. It is amazing to me that a child would think ahead about vitamins, but that's what makes Haya great for kids and parents. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash RBG. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash RBG and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, I want to read something that you wrote that I love that I want you to talk more about. Since learning more about ourselves hasn't improved our angst, but has in many ways increased it. 
We will take a breather from our search to know ourselves better and instead get to know more about God. Learning about the nature of Christ changes the way we function as people. The more we trust in His omniscience, the more we will rest in a world we don't understand. Yeah. We love your book, God Knows, and it addresses at a really deep spiritual level worry and anxiety, which we're talking so much, obviously, with kids and families. Um, and we're all looking for rest. Yeah. Will you just talk more about that? Because we love that. Yeah. I mean, as I said, I'm a huge believer in counseling, and I have spent, gosh, a lot of my life in, um, whether it was in a counseling office because I was seeking counseling or whether it was studying it. I, you know, my undergrads in psychology, I was going to, uh, going to seminary for marriage and family counseling when I dropped out. And so, you know, I, I just, I love the behavior of people. I love people observing. I've been doing that for a very long time. And so (laughs) I'm a big believer in getting to know ourselves. I think, you know, I can sometimes be too introspective. This is why I'm really grateful for my husband who doesn't think deeper into anything about people. And it's it helps balance me a lot. But I think at a certain point, what has started to happen is w- this great tool, right, has has become sort of our obsession. And so it's like, here's this great tool. But as we have thought about ourselves so much, it we're not understanding that it has to take us somewhere. And, and mm. it's not just about like, let me just think about myself all the time. Let me think more about myself. Okay, now what what's another layer about myself I need to think about with, with no like sort of road of progression, mm. like where mm-hmm. am I actually mm-hmm. going with mm-hmm. this? Because the tool of getting to know ourselves is is to lead us to the healer, right? Mm. The, the the one who really helps us and makes us well. And so I think, you know, as I've been writing through the years, the Lord has really shown me that the healing comes from getting to know who He is um, more than anything, because mm. He is the one who makes us well. And so, you know, I, and my goodness, I've, the last book I wrote called The Hard Good is all about processing like big emotions and feelings and all of those kinds of things, not as a therapist, but just in my own life. And I think those things are crucial. I just think at a certain point, we've got to come to a conclusion of something because otherwise we're going to wrestle our whole lives. And listen, I am a wrestler. I am a, I have I have always been a, a, a questioner. I've, I've been a wrestler. But I just know that if we continually are just on this quest to get to know ourselves more and more, we, we don't ever come to anything. Mm. And as we come to know who God is in His nature, in His very character, there is a restful place in that. And I'm telling you, Sissy, for myself, mm. I've needed that so desperately mm. because I can question so much. And there's relief in saying, I am complex and I'm going to do my due diligence and 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 sort through what I've been through and find, you know, what I need to find out about myself. And then I'm going to place it at the feet of someone who actually is the solution mm. to this life. Mm. And that's what I mean by that. Beautiful. You know, it is getting to know him mm. ultimately. Mm. The tools of getting to know ourselves have to lead us somewhere. And I believe 
that's where we kind of kind of not cease that, but we kind of transfer, okay, now let's get to know him so that all of that makes sense in light of who he is. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yes. Yeah. You also say God is doing the job we are attempting Mm -hmm. to do. Hmm. And how does that truth impact parenting specifically? Well, if you do it for very long, like, I don't know, maybe like a month. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been doing this for a few years. Mm -hmm. You realize very quickly, oh, I'm going to run out. I'm going to run out of patience. I'm going to run out of joy. I'm going to run out of love. I'm going to run out of, um, I'm going to run out of answers. Mm. I'm going to run out of hope. You know, I don't know. God, this makes me tender, but I get a lot of messages from, you know, parents who have young adult kids. Mm. They don't know where they are. Mm. Like, like not only do they not know where they are emotionally, they don't, they might not know where they are in this world. Mm. They're missing. They've taken off. Because when you have young adults, like the game changes, right? Because you don't control not only what bow they wear in their hair on Sunday, maybe, but they, you don't control anything. Right. And that's when I think these some of these things come into play even in, in a really, in a bigger way. You realize, oh, no, I never really had the control I thought I had. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot of comfort at least there is for me, in knowing that God knows. He knows their physical location. He knows their, the makeup of their heartbeat. He knows, he knows their, um, their, the, the secrets of every heart, according to Psalms. Mm. He knows their, their mind, their brain pattern. He, know, he knows everything. Mm. He knows their, their beginning date and their end date on this earth. We as humans... We'd like a little more control than that. But at the same time, I guess I've just sat with enough people at this point. You have too. I've sat with a girlfriend who had to bury her 17-year-old son, Mm -hmm. and we walked through that for years and have for many years. It's been about 10 years now. And when when you walk with people in grief and mamas, you realize... I'm, I, I need to believe that God is, is handling things that I cannot handle, mm-hmm. what you guys have been through in Nashville. And, um, you know, again, that, that doesn't mean there's not pain involved, that you're not going to question God because he could do this and that, and he doesn't, and why doesn't any all those questions are way above my pay grade. But I, I think knowing that he is handling things in a way that I can't handle, at some point in your parenting, you're going to need to know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's gonna it's gonna be out of your control. Yeah, it, your kid's gonna smoke pot. Your 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 perfect kid is gonna smoke pot. Mm. They're gonna break the. They're gonna break curfew. They're going to sleep with their girlfriend. They're gonna they're gonna something's gonna happen. And your perfect world that you have you have planned for that child is gonna go awry. Mm. And you're gonna need to know this is God's territory. It's in God's hands. Yeah, yeah. Such a good reminder. Thank you. So in this season of our podcast, we're talking about raising emotionally strong and worry-free kids. Yeah. And we would love to hear a story from your growing up that you would say has really helped shape who you are. Well, we moved around a ton uh, when I was growing up. Uh, It was funny. People ask me, they say, 
you know, do you have a military father and a, or a parent? And I said, no, my dad was a restless pastor. And mm. so we moved a lot. And so I remember in particular, we were, I think I was, I was in the sixth grade and we had moved a ton by the time I was in sixth grade. I think we lived in, I don't know, five or six states Whoa. and multiple houses in each, in each city. <laughs> I'm oh. telling you, restless. And so I remember when I was in the sixth grade, I didn't want to move again. And um, we were we were on vacation at a lake. And that was kind of our family deal for the summer. We'd go to the, on vacation at, at, at a lake. And my dad said that we were going to potentially move again. And it was going to be to Missouri. And I was... I did not like any of the sound of that. I did not. I wasn't particularly happy where we lived. We'd only lived there for, I think, 18 months at the time. But I just didn't want to move again. Mm. And I was like, I I do not want to move. Normally, I had been up for an adventure. I was like, it's fine. I had, didn't really grow attached where we lived because I was used to the, the gig. Mm. But this time, I didn't want to do it. And I remember my mother was really... She was really kind about it, and we talked through it, and we processed it. And there were I, I don't remember exactly what they were, but there were some concessions made about the timing, and we 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 talked about, it and she was wanting willing to talk with me through it. But one of the things that I realized quickly, she never told me, well, we're we're moving anyway. It wasn't that conversation. But it was clear to me as she kind of let it play out that it was gonna happen. And I think as I look back on that, I realize that one of the things that that she did for me was not disregard my feelings, but also let me know that I was not the decision maker here. Mm -hmm. And my mom was good at that. And I love that because I think it let me know I'm, I'm not in charge and I shouldn't have been in charge. <laughs> Let's just be honest. I was in sixth grade. It's <laughs> not good at decision-making at that point. Valid feelings for not wanting to move again. Sure. That's a whole other ball of wax. Like that was my dad's issue and all of those things. But I, I think the way that she handled honoring my, honoring my issue with the moves, dealing with that, all of those things, and yet we still moved and I adjusted, and it was really a good decision. Honestly, that time it was, uh, I think, was powerful for me not to create some kind of angst mm -hmm. that didn't need to be in that moment. Mm -hmm. She assessed what was going on and was really wise about it. So mm -hmm. I, I think that was a that might be a little bit of an interesting answer with that. But I, I feel like even though the moves weren't necessarily great before that, that moment could have been real polarizing in our family. And she diffused that. Yes. And I sometimes feel like as a mother, we are in particular, sometimes the bomb diffusers. And um, I don't know if I've been good at that or bad, probably sometimes good, sometimes bad. But it takes a real, it takes a real sort of thoughtfulness, intentionality. Yeah, yeah. There are a million I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say talent, but I don't yes. think it's talent. <laughs> I think it is more than calling. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. To, to do that in that moment, yes. there's an intuition there. So. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
David, the other day I saw a mom on Facebook asking for recommendations on water bottles for their kids to bring to school. And do you know what the most recommended brand was? Probably Simple Modern. Yes. The moms had so many great things to say about them, of course. Simple Modern is a fast-growing brand that is one of the top drinkware providers for Target, Walmart, and Amazon. I love my Simple Modern Spirit wine tumbler. I've taken it everywhere with me this summer, except at camp. (laughs) It keeps drinks cold all day long. I've gotten a ton of use out of my cocktail shaker this summer too. Connie has her favorite kitchen tools and this has become mine. I love that Simple Modern gives 10% of their profits to organizations that are committed to causes like education, fighting human trafficking, and helping underprivileged communities. It is a bonus when companies with amazing products also make an amazing impact on the world. Go to www.simplemodern.com slash RBG and by sharing your email, you'll get a unique discount code just for you or bundle and save for back to school. This should be your go-to brand for your family. Go to www.simplemodern.com slash RBG. David, did you get your taxes finished? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> what are you eating? Okay, I am obsessed with these new Chipotle barbecue kettle chips. Will you share? I would have, but they are all gone. Where did you get them? Thrive Market. Uh, how much do we love Thrive Market? I could record an entire podcast about that topic. You know who else loves Thrive Market? Patches. She loves the surf and turf meaty littles from the Honest Kitchen. I love that Patches has a surf and turf situation going on. (laughs) From pets to kids to grown-ups, everyone can find things they love at Thrive. Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. David, how much did you save on your last order? I saved $32. I saved over $12.67. How much did Patches save? (laughs) A lot. She's ordering more than I am. You got me hooked on ordering frozen foods. I got salmon, bacon, and pork this month. Something else I love is when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. I love that too. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash RBG for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash RBG. thrivemarket.com slash RBG. Building on that, what are some things you think help your kids become emotionally strong and worry-free? I, I think 
not asking them to make the decisions that are not theirs to make. Mm. I really do. I, I feel like they are, I, I I feel like sometimes kids are are asked to consult too early. Yes. There's just decisions that they're just not ready to to weigh in on. Mm-hmm. And um and I think it's interesting because I think sometimes we we like our kids so much, we think they're smart. Um and so we think they're ready a little earlier than they're ready and they in my I I've observed even with my kids and and you know, as I've observed a lot of other kids that have been in and out of our house and so forth. They they really want you to be in charge. They really want you to know what's going on, uh, and they feel loosey goose when they when yeah. they sense that that you're kind of mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, what mm-hmm. what's your thought?" It's to me that's different than than sort of honoring their opinion. Right. It's more of like uh, <laughs> you know, asking them to be a consultant. And mm. I think there's just to me, it's weird. I've I've watched their worry grow any of my kids, if if they've sensed that their dad and I sort of didn't have it in that moment, you know, which is hard for us as parents because sometimes we don't have it. Mm. But that's when I think we we go in our private space and we take it up with the Lord and um, we deal with it the way we need to deal with it, you know, private and um, do our work that we need to do, do our work. And um, that's why it is important for our own our own souls and our own lives and being in our own counseling that we need to do so that we don't ask them to help us make decisions yes. that they don't need to be a part of. Right. Yeah. I yes. think that makes them worry less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Giving them, being empathetic, giving them a voice, but not so much power that it creates more yeah. insecurity. I think in the them. power piece is, yes. is, you said that a lot yeah. better. No, I love the way you said it. <laughs> You just wrap that up. Oh, Thank you. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, okay, so thinking back your early years of parenting, yeah. what's something you feel like you worried about that you wish you hadn't? Oh man, the list is long. <laughs> the list is long. Oh, I worried. I think one thing I worried about was that criticism would break them, mm-hmm. like not from us, from other kids. Yes. I think I thought. Oh, I remember one time we were at the pool. And I think my oldest son was, oh, he would kill me to say this, acting like Spider-Man, I mm-hmm. think. And somebody was like, you're a weirdo or something like that, you know, yelled mm. it from across the, you know, kids are. Yeah. And I thought, oh, it was the first time I'd heard him be like. Oh, I would love to hear what criticized. you thought. Oh, I'm, I, you know what I thought. <laughs> I thought, where's that kid's mother? <laughs> How dare, you know. Yeah. I think I thought it would it would break them, mm. right? Like it would just be, and I just thought I've got to be there every time somebody's mm. saying. Now, to me, that's super different from bullying. And you know how an eight enneagram feels about bullying. <laughs> I mean, I was on the playground in sixth grade when one boy was trying to bully another, and I'm here's me in my little dress going, "Guys, breaking up!" <laughs> so I'm the one who is your best advocate when it comes to mm-hmm. bullying. That that makes me want to cry right now thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So that's very different, sure. But I mean, I think I thought that every little piece of criticism was going to break them, mm-hmm. and I, I really feel like, boy, we just. We really do our kids a, a disservice when we don't allow them to to develop any kind of coping skills at all. 
I really think that's so important. I worried about that too much. I really, really, I worried about that too much. Yeah, for sure. And of course, the typical, I worried about the fact that I was failing at everything. I worried about the fact that I, my kids would not, you know, have any kind of grace for me. So I, I worried about all the typical mom things. Yeah. I worried that my kids were not going to, not going to be okay. You know, not, not going to develop correctly. I worried about all the things that we all worry about. And I think everyone worries about basically the same things. You guys would, could be able to say, say mm-hmm. that knowing that you see so many folks. And, and, and of course there's different things that we worry about, but I think we all worry about many of, of the same things. Yeah. Yes. That's so true. What is one statement you wish someone had said to you on the front side of the parenting journey? Most of this is normal. Mm. Whatever normal is, uh, most of this is normal. Uh, it's in the sense of like, most of this is what we all go through. I think we all think we are the only ones about everything. Mm. And we're not. And I think you don't know when you're a parent because you've never been a parent before. And and you and the thing is, every time when you, your oldest one becomes 14, you've never had a 14-year-old. Then you get a 16-year-old. You've never had that. And so everything is weird. Everything is, you know, you, you don't understand what they're doing or why they're, and, you know, so I think I, I wish that someone had told me relax, just relax. You know, I spent a lot of time, especially with my oldest one. I think this is a story of so many people just being tied up in knots. Even when he had acid reflux, when the poor thing was four months old, I thought, clearly this baby just cries. Mm -hmm. Clearly, I don't know how to nurse this child. Mm -hmm. Clearly, I'm just, uh, I just shouldn't have had children. Mm -hmm. I mean, I literally went down this rabbit trail. And if someone would have said, this is normal when when a child has acid reflux, Mm -hmm. this is what happens. They cry. Their esophagus is bleeding. This is what, you know, so I think, you know, I I wish that someone would have told me that. And perhaps they did. And I wasn't listening. Mm. That could have happened too. (laughs) This has been 25 years. I don't know. But, you know, you're in a fog too. Yeah. Because you're so tired. Yeah. I don't know. I just have a lot of grace for parents. It's Mm. just so hard. Mm. It's just so so hard. hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and in light of that, and what we do, obviously, we're living in this world of emotions, lots of folks swimming around in emotions. And, And to your point before about helping people move towards something constructive, we talk so much about helping kids, but helping parents arm themselves with truth. Yeah. And what would you say is a truth that you anchor yourself to regularly that helps you worry less as a parent, as a person? Mm. The anchors that I have, honestly, in this juncture are scriptural anchors Mm. because they just are true forever. They don't change. I think one of the things that I love from scripture uh, is that, uh, is the verse, he who began a good work in you Mm. will be faithful to complete it. One of the things I love about that verse in particular is the fact that I think we we, we think of God as great at starting like he created us. We love the creation part, right? Mm-hmm. Like what a genius God that he create us and 
the birth part, right? The birth of our child and what a genius. And we count the fingers and toes and we're like, oh, this baby's beautiful. And this, and then things get a little rocky along the way, right? <laughs> and so I think, you know, the, the, the idea that he's a great finisher mm. is really compelling to me. I think because we're, most of us aren't great finishers. We leave tasks around the house undone. We have dreams we don't ever finish. And I think, you know, finishing is more of a drag for all of us generally in life. And um, death is hard. So we love birth. We celebrate it. But the, the idea that he who began this great work in you will be faithful to complete it. Think of this in light of your parenting. Like he started this work in you as a parent and with your child, he's going to be faithful to complete it. Now, what is that going to look like? I don't know, but whatever it is, it will be the completion and that completion will be good, Mm -hmm. even if it is hard, which is a hard concept, Mm -hmm. but we have to believe this. It's true. It's scripture. So that's something that I, I cling to a lot myself. You know, because we 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 don't know what we don't know about how it it's going to be for any of us with our kids in the end. Yes, but it's either true or it's not. So that's something that I I cling to a lot. Mm. And I I prayed over my kids uh, from the time they were born. Isaiah eleven two, which is uh, that the spirit of the Lord would rest on them, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and that they would mm. delight in the fear of the Lord. So that. To me, beautiful. I have to believe will be whether I see that or not at any juncture in their life. Because sometimes you don't see the fruit of those prayers uh, along the way. Yeah. Sometimes they're not where they need to be spiritually, and you can't force it. Mm-hmm. But you have to believe that you've been praying that prayer for 16 years. God heard it or didn't, you know? So those are things that I cling to. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Well, and to your wise words earlier, not only can we not force it, we can't control it. Right. We can't manage it. Exactly. None of it. As much as we try to. And yes. as much as we think we do. Yes. yes. So true. So much wisdom. Mm. Okay. We like to end with something fun and Good. food related. I love fun. <laughs> so we got a two part question for you. Okay. First part, queso or guac. And second part, what's your favorite kind of taco? I love this question. Um, I'm going to say guac, although I do love queso, but I'm going to say guac because there's nothing like fresh, good Mm. guac. Yes. It's got to be good, though. But, I mean, I'll take kind of mediocre guac, too. (laughs) (laughs) too. Also, are you asking me to lunch? Because I'm going to say yes. Um, You know what? I love the second part of this question, too, because I just ate a taco. I can't get out of my head. Tell um, us. Well, it was at this place called Jimmy Hula's. I think it's a chain, but we had the, I had this in Florida, and I, I just want it again. It was a um, coconut shrimp taco, mm. and it had this sauce on it that won't quit. It was going down my arms and everything. That's when you know you're having a good taco. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm also a messy eater, I will say. But, I mean, when it's going down your arms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love a good fish taco, yeah. but this coconut shrimp, next level. Jimmy Hula's. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're in New Smyrna Beach, to... go there. Yeah. yeah. So good. So Can good. I have to look into that. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. 
Lisa, thank you. Thank you for sharing so much grace and truth and wisdom. And it's a delight to get to sit with you. What a joy to be here. So fun. Thank Thank you, you guys. Thank you for doing this with us. Yeah. So glad. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to click the follow button in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. To learn more about our parenting resources or to see if we're coming to a city near you, visit our website at RaisingBoysAndGirls.com. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.